What's up, everyone? It's Ray Garvin, host of the Destination Debbie podcast. If you're waiting until after the NFL season to start your college scouting process, you're already behind the eight ball. There are hundreds of college football games on each and every Saturday. Far too many to keep up with, along with following your favorite NFL teams. But don't worry. This show is designed for not only you hardcore Debbie leaguers, but those of you who want to learn about the next group of potential NFL stars and get a leg up in your traditional dynasty leagues. We don't just talk about the big name college football guys. We hit on the small school value prospects who also have a shot to make it at the next level. If you want to position your dynasty team for short and long-term success, make sure you check out the DDP on DLF and all the other amazing shows DLF has to offer. You're listening to the DLF Dynasty Podcast, where there is no off-season. Welcome to another episode of the DLF Dynasty Podcast. Once again this week, it's me, Dan, at the helm. With me again is Matt and Ryan. It is week eight of the NFL schedule. So as far as fantasy goes, guys, we are more than halfway to the beginning of our playoffs. Hopefully everybody out there is well on their way to a playoff berth and a championship. We got a lot of reactions to week eight to get to, uh, lots to get to on Sunday, but we are or from Sunday, I should say, but we're going to start with the Thursday night game, guys. That was the Washington Redskins and Minnesota Vikings. That was an ugly game. There wasn't a lot to come out of that to talk about. Really, I had that game and we're going to continue to do our transaction theme. I decided Halfway through the season, this is a good time to talk about Alexander Madison. He had an impressive showing on Thursday night. 13 carries for 61 yards, 2 catches for 3 yards. Um, He looks as good as Delvin Cook at times, guys. And if you're not watching the Minnesota Vikings closely, if you don't catch uh, whether it's number 33 or whether it's number 25 running the ball between the tackles, you could easily confuse these two. They're both ferocious runners they run with their shoulders down uh run behind their pads well and and they're they're really similar when it comes down to it i think he's a buy and i i thought that maybe he was a difficult buy or difficult to call a buy because that ups he's just dripping with that upside he had multiple big runs taken away on thursday night because of penalty some recent trades for Alexander Madison, they're, they're kind of laughable, actually. I saw Madison and a fourth for a second. Uh, Madison straight up for Tyrell Williams. There's Madison for Irv Smith and a third. Uh, Madison for Jacoby Brissett in a third in a single quarterback league. All these kind of trades are head scratchers for me. Maybe these are owners that aren't watching Alexander Madison on a weekly basis. Basis, They think he's buried behind Delvin Cook. What are your guys' thoughts? It feels to me like I am I should be sending out offers this week for Alexander Madison if that's the buying price. I understand that he is behind Cook, clearly second fiddle in that backfield, but it's a run-first offense, uh, a team that obviously wants to get their running backs involved. And if Cook ever goes down, Madison could be a league winner. I want him on on my teams. What are you guys willing to pay if you're if you're willing to add him? I like the idea of adding him for sure. And I, I'm like you. I'm kind of surprised at 
at some of those deals that he would come that cheap. It's always always important to kind of check the the timeline. I just wonder if even just in the past few days since we saw that game on Thursday, if his price might have gone up, if he might be harder to acquire because he, he did make some big plays, as you mentioned, and and even just in in the Twitter conversation about that game because it was it was one of those island games that everybody was watching that that night so there was a lot of talk about him I, I can imagine his price even based on that one game has gone up a little even bit. if it goes up a little bit though Ryan compared to what we those those trades we were just talking about it seems like like an easy price to pay um, we're talking about giving up second round picks I know we're all uh, excited to have those second rounders a year from now but Madison seems like a guy we know how his game has translated to the NFL if the price is a second-round pick, it doesn't seem like that steep of a price to pay. No, I, I agree. I, I did see a few other deals involving Madison, namely one for Corey Davis. I just wondered what you thought about that because Davis seems like maybe a player who's gaining a little bit of value lately. Yeah, his his value's on an uphill tick for sure, and it's probably associated to Tannehill and his willingness to push the ball down the football field and and specifically throw the ball into just a little bit of coverage, something Marcus Mariota hasn't been willing to do in the past. That's a that's an interesting trade for sure, and I could see how the Corey Davis owner would think, man, I want to I want to move on. Maybe that's you know if we had more context in these trades, it would help as well. If the Corey don't Davis owner that is trading the wide receiver away also has Delvin Cook, that that makes a lot of sense to to grab that backup that that premier backup really um none of those trades that we've mentioned to this point are are silly on the other side you know there, there isn't a trade where it's madison for a first to, you know madison for a first and a third something like that all of them seem seem relatively doable matt let's bring you in on this as well your thoughts on madison and and what he's worth if you're trying to acquire him yeah, I missed last week, unfortunately, with some power outage, but he was going to be my buy last week for a second-round pick, so I'm on board with everything you guys have talked about so far. I mean, I don't know. These, these ones you guys have bolded on the agenda, Corey Davis, Alshon Jeffrey, Will Fuller, Tyrell Williams, those feel like moves I would definitely make if I was I was rebuilding. Maybe maybe not the Fuller one, but if I'm contending, like those pieces are going to be contributing weekly, and I just don't know if Madison uh, has that kind of same, I don't know if security is the right word, but you know if you plug those guys in, you're going to get something. Whereas Madison right now, I think his upside is really like what you said. If, if we're looking for a Dalvin Cook injury, then his, he's going to hit that upside and going to be a weekly contributor. But right now, he's kind of a dart throw. I do think he has you know a floor. He's going to get you know that five to ten carries. I think thirteen that he had uh, on Thursday night was mostly because of the competition. Um, so I think those ones for those vets that can still contribute are, are a little bit difficult to swallow for a competing team that needs some points each week. But uh, I, I, I can't say that I wouldn't make that deal if I wasn't competing and weekly contributor is is really an undersell in my opinion Madison there's a good chance I think he could be a top five running back considering the usage and how the Vikings want to get the ball in the hands of their playmakers out of the backfield so it really feels to me like the buying window could be as short as one week with him depending on what happens with Cook and and if they continue to be in game scripts where they're going to run the ball a lot and Madison's going to work 
a little bit more than he has in the past. 13 carries and two catches, 15 touches. He could have a little bit of standalone value even with Cook in that backfield right now. Let's move on to the Arizona Cardinals and the New Orleans Saints. The Saints ran away with this one on Sunday. Matt, who are we going to talk about here? Nobody, actually, that played in the game. <laughs> uh, Andy Isabella, uh, Keem Butler, I think these guys are buys right now. You know, while, while people are not thinking about them, really, you know, they're, they're looking towards that 2020 class. So I think you can get them pretty cheap. Both of them are going as basically throw-ins and deals right now. And if we link, think back to how we thought about these guys in the pre-draft process, and even after they were short, shortly after they were drafted, uh, I, I think that uh, they're, they're kind of value buys right now. A lot of people, including Brian and myself and other smart people, had Hakeem Butler as really the number of favorite wide receiver in the class at some point during the draft process. So um, to be able to get him as a throw-in right now, he went for a 2025th round pick and a one quarterback for Drew Locke. Uh, Kenny Stills, you know, I, I, I could see making that deal. So these guys are ones that I'm looking to add now before we get to this offseason, before they get into a second year of an offseason program. And really after uh, Kenny, uh, after Larry Fitzgerald go, moves on, which presumably is going to happen after the 2019 season, these guys are really going to start getting opportunities. So I like adding both of these guys really cheap right now while no one's thinking about them yeah but because they are so cheap i am on board with with that for sure i do think there's some reasons to be concerned about about their future though especially isabella who i mean we've seen the cardinals have injury trouble at receiver this year of course christian kirk has missed some time and and some other guys have missed time and isabella still hasn't gotten his shot we've we've seen guys like demir bird and you know, and others, Trent Sherfield, who have been playing basically far ahead of of Andy Isabella, and I know you know we're we're just eight games into his uh, his career, not not someone we want to write off yet. But considering he should have had that opportunity based on the injury, uh, I'm I'm a little worried about Isabella. But as you mentioned, they're both so cheap right now; it's it's hard to pass pass them up. Yeah, and. Especially with what you said, Matt, about them being throw-ins in trades, if you can get them as an add-on as one of the guys at the end of your bench or one of those last roster spots, it seems like a no-brainer. One other note from this game, guys, that I wanted to bring up, uh, Chase Edmonds, of course, left early, and the Cardinals play on Thursday. There's a lot of question marks if Chase Edmonds will be available on Thursday. David Johnson still dealing with that back injury and the ankle injury, so we're not sure about that. If, if you're dying for a running back in a really deep league, if you're dying for a running back in a really deep league and you want to get your hands on something that could be useful, are Zach Zenner or Alfred Morris appealing to you at all, Ryan? I'm not sure if I could call uh, call either of those appealing, but uh, the, the very early reports are that, that both Edmonds and DJ will not play in that Thursday game. Um, so... Sometimes, as, as you kind of alluded to, especially when it gets to week eight, week nine, sometimes you just need a warm body to put in your lineup. Um, so based on that, yeah, maybe you, you go after Zinner or Alfred Morris. It looks like Zinner is the, uh, the play there based on what we saw today. But they also play the 49ers who have uh, shut down everything uh, this, this season. I don't know. It would it would really have to be a desperate situation to use either of those guys. So officially, Ryan, because the 49ers weren't able to to stop McCaffrey on Sunday, you're you're saying Zach Zenner isn't Christian McCaffrey? 
Well, they, they have one thing in common, but that's about it. <laughs> I was going to actually say maybe DJ Foster is, is the more interesting guy here just from a receiving back standpoint. He has that profile from college, and you know he showed a little bit on the Patriots, not much, but uh, he might be interesting, especially against that tough 49ers defense where they might be looking to you know, throw the ball more than they are or run it against them. Of course, if Foster is back and available, once again, he's he's dealing with a hamstring injury as well. Let's move on, Ryan, now to the Los Angeles Chargers and the Chicago Bears. This one ended with another missed kick for the Bears after they refused to try to get extra yardage and make the kick closer for a kicker who has struggled in the past. Missed kicks in that game. A head-scratcher for Bears fans, no doubt. Who do you want to talk about in this matchup? Yeah, this th- these are just a couple of teams that, that are imploding. It seemed like neither of them really wanted to win this one. I- I'm looking at the Bears' offense, and obviously that's, uh, outside of Allen Robinson, not, not really one we want to invest in at this point. But I know what I've seen in the, in the first two years of his career from uh, running back Tariq Cohen, and... Because of that, he's he's a buy for me. Even even last year, he ended up as a low end RB one. He was the RB eleven last year, and and of course, just like that entire offense, uh, most of the year has has really struggled. He's he was the RB twenty two uh, early in the year. He was the RB sixteen last week, but for the most part, he has been shut down. So buying Tariq Cohen is is basically buying the idea that. They're going to upgrade their coaching staff and or their quarterback by next year, which if we keep going on on this path, I think they they may have to do make both of those decisions. Looking at some recent trades involving Tariq Cohen, I love them all. Tariq Cohen for a second and a third, Tariq Cohen for Eric Ebron, Cohen for a third straight up, and Cohen for James Washington. Those are all in PPR leagues, uh, which is, of course, important to note with him since he is since he is the pass catching back in that offense. And I think he's, he's one of the best in the league in that role. And and we're just not seeing it this year. It's really just a shame that Matt Nagy refuses to spotlight him in that offense. That's so thirsty for a playmaker and, and that spark plug that we all know that Tariq Cohen is. If he, if he could get those eight to 12 touches per game, Fantasy owners would be happy. I think Bears owners would be happy. I think Matt Nagy would be a lot happier than what he has been, especially this year. Like you, Ryan, I don't trust anything in Chicago outside of their wide receiver one, Allen Robinson. And I would love to get back on the Tariq Cohen hype train. I just don't, like I said, can't trust Nagy to to get him the ball, especially in space. I think I'm more on Ryan's side. I think we were all recommending him as a sell this off season and heading into the early part of the season where he was going for late first, but now his value has dipped so much that if you can get it for that second and third price tag, I think it's time to, to get back in, not really for, for this season production, but I think going forward, he's clearly demonstrated that he's a weapon, and if he could find the right players to, to unlock that like they did last season, then uh, I think we might have something there. So now, now I think he's a value, whereas earlier in the off season he was definitely a sell. Oh, yeah, I hope – you don't get me wrong. He's a value for sure, and I'm adding him where I can. I have Tariq Cohen on so many rosters. I was buying in his rookie year, 
and was so glad to have him, especially as a flex guy, as a wide receiver or running back two, running back three guy that you could plug in your lineup when you had buys and injuries, which we are all struggling with right now. If you have Tariq Cohen on your roster right now, though, it's difficult to have a lot of faith in him when when you have to use him uh, as that flex play. Hopefully that changes going forward. Let's move on to the New York Giants and the Detroit Lions. The Lions outlasted the Giants 31-26 to on Sunday. The pickup of the week last week in many dynasty leagues was Ty Johnson of the Lions. Seven carries for 25 yards, just one catch for 13 yards on Sunday. Really a shared backfield with the Detroit Lions, and it was Trey Carson that got a majority of the snaps in that backfield. Got the most touches as well, just 12 carries and only 34 yards. He's a pickup, I think, guys. A guy guy you probably want to add, especially in deep leagues. He's not likely to be on many rosters. He was in Green Bay last year and early this season and got a little bit of run with the Packers. Not an overly impressive player by any means, but like we said earlier, if a running back's getting the workload, if they're if they're the next guy up, it's probably a guy you pro- you want on your roster. J.D. McKissick didn't get much work. One carry for negative one yards, three catches for two yards. Paul Perkins had three carries for four yards as well. I don't think any of these running backs in Detroit should be in lineups, but it kind of feels like Trey Carson should be owned at this point. Yeah, why not? He's 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 got good size. He's got decent speed. You know, five eleven, two twenty eight or so. So uh, I think they were kind of looking for that bigger back. You know, I, I thought maybe they might be bring, looking to bring back C.J. Anderson. I mean, it seems, seems like he played pretty well for them before they cut him early. But it looks like he's going to be taking over that big back role versus Ty Johnson. Who, honestly, I don't really. I mean, I, I added him everywhere like everybody else last season because it seemed like he was the next guy in line. But going back and looking at some of his tape from the preseason, it didn't really. It never really stood out to me as a, as anything. So I think Trey Carson has just as much chance to be that guy, uh, the lead back in that offense, uh, as anybody else. So, yeah, Adam. Yeah, I guess so. Um, if, if we're talking deep leagues, again, Dan, like you said, I, I don't know that I would want to use Trey Carson in my lineup while he did lead the team in uh, in touches today out of the backfield. You mentioned his, his box score, his stat line, and it wasn't all that impressive. It certainly didn't help fantasy players too much. Um, and, and then maybe the, the elephant in the room here with talking about the Lions is the possibility of adding Kenyon Drake. And, and it looks like that could be a deal that might be done even before waivers run uh, as we head into this week. Uh, of course, Drake was ruled out for Miami's game. He's been on the trade block, and the Dolphins have been – Uh, one of the teams linked to him. So we'll see if the Dolphins make a move for him. If they do, that probably probably pushes Carson right back to the waiver wire. All right, guys, let's talk about the New York Jets and the Jacksonville Jaguars. Jaguars get the 29-15 to win on Sunday. Matt, who do you want to talk about here? This is mostly, uh, again, an idea for contenders. I really like buying the Jets' offense right now after two pretty pretty bad games. Uh, But these were really the last two difficult teams on their schedule until we get to like week 15 and 16 which obviously isn't ideal but we still have these these fringe teams that we think are are probably 
can probably make the playoffs with a push, right? So, you know, on these on these kinds of teams, I'd really like buying basically all of these guys: Sam Darnold, Le'Veon Bell, uh, Robbie Anderson, Jamison Crowder, Jamison Crowder primarily. Uh, their upcoming schedule: Miami, the Giants, Washington, Oakland, Cincinnati, and then Miami again in the first week of the playoffs. So, uh, adding these guys uh, while while the 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 general thoughts about them are, are pretty negative based on the last two weeks and really the whole first half of the season outside of a game a few weeks ago. I, I like adding these guys as a value right now. Yeah, I like that as well, specifically because of that schedule. Two games against Miami look awfully good. A game against Washington as well, and Cincinnati is on the schedule here in the next handful of weeks. Uh, I really like the idea of buying Le'Veon Bell because when you factor in the age and the lack of production, just nine carries for 23 yards on Sunday and three catches for 12 yards, those Le'Veon Bell owners, if they're not sharp and they're not looking forward at that schedule, they, they may be sick of it and you may be able to be able to buy him lower than, than you were able to do a couple of weeks ago. Now, Bell specifically is a little bit of a problem because he hasn't had one of those big games in recent, really since joining the Jets. He's been uh, all about volume. I agree with you, though, for sure. He could he could be one of those guys that puts up fringe running back one numbers down the stretch, and if you need it, that, that could be the, a guy you could target if you need a veteran at the position. Ryan, how about the Eagles and the Bills? Who do we have here? You want to look at Carson Wentz here. I think Wentz is going through kind of a cold streak right now. We're seeing some struggles with really with the entire Philadelphia offense. They kind of got things going today, which was a bit of a surprise considering uh, Buffalo's defense had had been uh, very strong entering this week. But uh, even with their win, Wentz still just had 172 passing yards, one touchdown. Uh, Definitely will not finish inside that top 12 quarterback range. We saw him do that the first four games of the season, uh, quarterback eight, quarterback 11, nine, and 10. And then things kind of started to fall apart. I think the the missing piece, and many others have noted this as well, has been Deshaun Jackson, who's been out uh, for, for over a month now with this injury. And, and just like they have in the past couple of years, they're missing that deep threat. I think if they can get him back on the field, Wentz is going to look uh, really like a different quarterback. And Dan, this is this was kind of like one of the players you talked about earlier. I, I wasn't sure how easy it might be to buy Carson Wentz until I started looking at some of the recent trades. Uh, Carson Wentz and a second rounder for Baker Mayfield. Uh, so you have to add to Carson Wentz to get Baker, evidently. Uh, this one, I still, I don't, I don't believe it. There might be something, some crazy scoring in this league. But Carson Wentz, Wentz for Mitchell Trubisky was one I saw. Cam Newton and a second rounder for Carson Wentz, and then a, a larger deal, which I, I still like, uh, like the Wentz side. Wentz, Dallas Goddard, and a second for Alshon, Andy Dalton, and a fourth. So basically buying the receiver there. Uh, I easily like the Carson Wentz side on all of those. And then really just thinking about the quarterback position as a whole, so many of these guys are near the end of their career. We're, we've talked about this. Uh, many times really throughout the past months and, and past couple of years. But you look at guys like Brady and Breeze and Rivers and uh, Ben, and those guys are going to be gone soon, you know, maybe even by the end of uh, of this season. And, and just narrowing that field is going to make guys like Wentz and the others uh, 
you know, even more valuable. So buying them now, I think, is is the way to go. I really like the idea of buying Wentz as well. Remember, it wasn't that long ago, really, that three quarters of the way through the season, there were a lot of people that thought he was the MVP in the league. He was right up there until that injury uh, knocked him out for the remainder of the season. That Super Bowl run for the Eagles. They have they have a couple of couple of tough games sandwiched around a bye coming up over the next three weeks. Chicago, then the bye, then New England. After that, though, it starts getting a little bit easier. Seattle at Miami, the New York Giants at Washington, uh, Dallas, and then at the Giants in Week 17 as well. There's the potential for him to have a big second half of the season, particularly if those guys come back that you mentioned there, Ryan, from injury. I like that call as well. Whether it's a one quarterback or a super flex league, I think Wentz is a good target. Moving on now to the Seattle Seahawks and the Atlanta Falcons. I had this game, guys, and I'm I'm not going to talk about Kelvin Ridley. Instead, I'm going to talk about the guy who replaced the guy that was traded in Atlanta. It appears that was Russell Gage on Sunday. Seven catches for 58 yards on nine targets. He appears to be an ad in deep dynasty leagues right now. He, he had just eight targets in the first seven weeks and got nine in week eight against the Seahawks. Again, it seemed like he was taking over that Sanu role, running those underneath routes, being that check down receiver. And he was on the field a lot once again that you have to think is going to continue moving forward. The Falcons will continue to play from behind uh, and continue to to bring out lots of three wide receiver sets. So um, especially if you're... if you're in a 30-man roster, 26-plus, it seems like Russell Gage could be a PPR uh, target on the waiver wire this week. <laughs> Matt, how about the Broncos and the Colts? This was a fun game to watch, I guess, depending on which side you are rooting for. Uh, who do we want to highlight here? This is this is a super, super, super deep, deep dive guys uh juan winfrey a player that was turned on to me by matt waldman uh really early in the draft process um you know no no emmanuel sanders now deshaun hamilton had a huge opportunity today to do something zero catches on one target the only other guy there other than Cortland sudden at the wide receiver position uh is, is deontay spencer who did have two targets today so i guess you could throw him into this too but juan renfrey is a guy that i went back and looked after learning about him from matt wallman 6'1 210 uh, decent decent athleticism at 4 5 40 and a sub 7 3 cone there and uh, w- one thing i really liked about watching him early on the process was his ability to kind of hold on to the ball through big hits and really aggressive at the catch point so for a team that's looking for uh, i think a second wide receiver and really honestly Hamilton there is probably better using the slot anyway if he's even going to to, to do anything at all. Um, so I, I like the adding Juwan Winfrey here is very cheap on you know on super deep rosters thirty plus roster spots or so. I like Winfrey as well a little bit just as as a stash like you mentioned. But the the player I would actually target there is uh, Tim Patrick the second year receiver. He I believe he broke his hand in the first game of the season. So he's he's on the injured reserve but is set to come back. He was actually the wide receiver 30 for the last month of last season. Of course, that coincided with uh, Emmanuel Sanders being out of the lineup, uh, and that was following the Demarius Thomas trade as well. So it was it was essentially uh, Sanders. I'm sorry, it was essentially Sutton, uh, Tim Patrick, and Deshaun Hamilton at that point, and and Patrick played pretty well 
given that playing time. So I think we could see him uh, come back in a couple weeks and, and step right back into a role. Yeah, I like both of those guys. I think a lot of us as dynasty owners will be trying to figure out who that number two target is going to be. I mentioned that that game was interesting, probably not for good reasons. If you're a dynasty owner, more for negative reasons. Cortland Sutton had some drops. A lot of us were looking for that big surge, and and I think he had the chance to have that that big fantasy day. Uh, If he holds on to a couple of those passes, he was also interfered with a few times that could have been really big plays, close play on a touchdown where he was held, uh, the ball just outside of his reach after being held at the goal line. Another big play on the sideline, on the left sideline, Uh, Deep downfield, he was interfered with. He was coming back to the ball, would have made that catch. I think there was the chance for like a six for 120 and a touchdown type line for Cortland Sutton. So maybe there, just maybe because of the drops and because just three for 72, there's a little bit of a buying window on Cortland Sutton. He's going to be the guy there. Uh, Also, Noah Fant got a bunch of targets. He had five catches for 26 yards. Just 26 yards, that's that's not what we're looking for, but he could take over as that second pass catcher as well in Denver. Guys, let's move on to the Cleveland Browns and the New England Patriots. Ryan, you had this one. I did. This pretty much went as expected. Uh, We... We didn't didn't uh, expect the the Browns to really uh, stay with the Patriots, and and that's how it went. Though maybe maybe closer than we thought it might be. Uh, Odell Beckham had another disappointing game for him. Caught five passes for fifty two yards. I think it's time to start sending some offers for OBJ. I think now's the time to buy. His October ADP of nine point five is actually his lowest in almost five years. His lowest ADP since December of 2014. Of course, that was his rookie year. Uh, I was was shocked to see that, but he's been a highly valued asset even through injuries and and through everything else. And uh, now it's the struggles of the Browns that that is finally, finally, you know, giving a hit to his his value. He's still 26 years old. Uh, I don't think it's, it's, I think we're 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 a little premature with seeing his value drop. So uh, he he's not going to come cheap like some of the other names we've mentioned. I uh, saw some deals that I thought were reasonable. Odell and a couple of uh, throw-ins for Leonard Fournette, Darren Waller, uh, and Ryan Tannehill. So that's kind of the price we're talking about. This one seemed like a steal to me. Odell and a fourth for Marlon Mack, a second and a third, and then one more OBJ James Conner and a fourth rounder for Mike Evans, a first, a second, and a third rounder. Uh, I think all of those are are reasonable prices to pay. And you you just have to think, again, this kind of goes back to the the Bears talk. There's got to be some changes made soon with that Browns team, and it might be Freddie Kitchens being gone. You know, all that said, and you mentioned some of the trades, Ryan, he's still a multiple first round kind of guy. Uh, obvious you're, you're going to have to give something up to get him. And, and you mentioned a couple trades there that were pretty easy to make for the, for the guy getting Beckham. But I think most owners still remember fondly those, those days when he was the one one in startups and, and they're still looking for a, like an elite package coming back for Odell Beckham for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think, I mean, he is, he still is in that first round range. I talked about his his dipping ADP, so he's he's not going to come cheap. Uh, you're most likely going to have to give up, as you mentioned, an elite player or multiple first rounders to get him. 
but I, I think it's I think it's worth doing at this point because his value has dipped. Yeah, he'd be a nice addition on all of my teams, especially if the price is is what you were talking about. Uh, certainly reasonable for a guy with wide receiver one overall type of potential. Fellas, I had the Bengals and the Rams from London. Uh, This was not a very competitive game, although the Bengals had a chance to get it within a score in the fourth quarter. They failed. I want to talk about a guy that did not play in the game for the Bengals, though, and that's A.J. Green. I think he's both a buy and a sell, guys. Another guy that I went went to the trade finder and found some trades that I thought, wow, that you know, that's relatively cheap. And, and in the last handful of days since the news has come out that that A.J. Green is back practicing and things like that, um, I think he's a cheap shot at getting some good production down the stretch. We've talked many times, Ryan and Matt, about not wanting to invest in this Bengals offense. Uh, a guy with the kind of upside that A.J. Green has, even with a quarterback and a coaching staff and a front office like the one in Cincinnati or the ones in Cincinnati – I think it's worth taking a shot if you're looking for uh, that guy with wide receiver one, wide receiver two upside. Uh, need a guy to for the stretch run this year. Recent trades, uh, lots of them on the trade finder for a second or a package of a second and a third. Another trade straight up for Eric Ebron. That that was an odd one to see for sure. But he also might be a sell for rebuilders. There w- there was a trade for a first straight up. Um, Some other trades for young players like TJ Hawkinson and DK Metcalf, Devin Singletary. I guess the question here, Matt, is where's the line that you become a buyer and when do you become a seller on A.J. Green? I think any first I'm taking right now for A.J. Green, if I could buy him on a contender for a second or a second and a third, I would probably consider doing that if I needed some help at wide receiver um, and didn't need anybody for next week on, on the bye week. Um, but I but trades for like Hawkinson and Metcalf, I would definitely be selling for that even on contenders pre- pretty easily. Sing- Singletary, I'm not sure about, but uh, definitely Hawkinson and Metcalf. Any, any of those uh, kind of upside rookies that we really liked uh, from the 2019 class that even the ones that maybe have have disappointed a little bit i'm talking like Mikel hardman uh you know not consistent this year but somebody that i would consider uh moving moving aj green for even on a contender so there there are definitely players out there that i would consider moving him for even on a contender but if i can get him for a second and a third yeah why not yeah that's, that's pretty much where i am as well definitely not paying a first uh i would take a first for him no matter what the state of my team is yeah, that seems like a good middle ground for sure. I I sent out some feelers over the week, this past week, on A.J. Green and in places where I was contending, hoping to find that, that second-round value or, or whatever. Uh, and I, I got one counter. It was a first. And uh, a what, another laughed in my face for offering a second for A.J. Green. So uh, the, I, I think we found the line for sure. Matt, how about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Tennessee Titans? This one's pretty straightforward for me. Uh, we, we recommended, or maybe you guys recommended picking up Tannehill last week. I think we did the week before that as well, um, once Mariota got benched. And he's played, you know, decently, but I definitely don't think he's a long-term answer there, just kind of a, a bridge quarterback guy. So there were several trades on the trade finder I found of him getting moved for a 2022nd round pick. So uh, if I had picked him up on a contender and just need him to fill a bye week this week or or something like that, or especially if I'm rebuilding and I, and I was able to get him off of the waiver wire and there's a, a contender that, that needs a, a quarterback for the rest of the season, then I would definitely be looking to go ahead and, and flip Tannehill right now. 
This is for Superflex, I should point out, not not necessarily one quarterback, because nobody's paying anything for him in one quarterback. <laughs> okay, I was just gonna I was just gonna mention that. <laughs> well said. <laughs> let's go let's move move on from that, I guess, and, and we'll talk about the Raiders and the Texans. Ryan, you had this one. Yeah, I want to look at the rookie Josh Jacobs here. Had had a okay game today. Uh, 15 carries, 66 yards. Uh, that's not going to get him in that uh, RB1 range, but he has had already three RB1 games, three top 12 running back games this season. And I guess I'm just surprised that we're not seeing his value rise faster than it is. I mean, this is already a guy who uh, was the near consensus 101 by, by the time we got late into the uh, off season. And the Raiders, even as as a rookie, the Raiders are basically trying to build their entire offense around this guy. There, there is the concern of uh, limited upside due to no involvement in the passing game, which is is kind of confusing after we saw what he did at Alabama, where he he displayed uh, some some great ability as a pass catcher. But for whatever reason, they're not using him that way, so that's that's a limitation. But just looking at his ADP, it's basically staying in the same range. He was RB13 in June. Uh, now he's RB15. So some of the guys above him are, are some of these names that we would, we would love to get rid of. James Conner, Melvin Gordon, Carrion Johnson, uh, even Todd Gurley and Le'Veon Bell. To me, he should be ahead of all of those guys and should easily be inside the, the top 10 dynasty running backs. So if I can move any of those guys for him, I would gladly do that. Yeah, and some of those guys that you mentioned still have that name appeal, that big name appeal, Gordon and Gurley and Connor. Uh, we've seen big things from them in the past, but it seems like a no-brainer to swap them right away for, for Josh Jacobs straight up. So that those are good moves. Those are good trade offers to send out this week, no doubt. The last game we need to cover, fellas, is the Carolina Panthers. They were dismantled by the San Francisco 49ers. I'm guessing you're not going to talk about a pass catcher for the 49ers, Matt. Let's talk about the backfield for the 49ers. Uh, I, I, again, I, I missed last week's show, but these were going to be my buys last week and probably would have been more profitable if we were able to do it then. Uh, but even with Coleman's big game today, uh, I, I want to buy both of these guys. We're talking about an undefeated team here that wants to play defense and run the ball, and they're still going fairly cheap. You know, Coleman's probably going to be – his price is probably going to rise a little bit after his huge game this week. Um, but he was going for a 20 second, a 20 first, Deshaun Hamilton straight up, D.D. Westbrook straight up. Uh, I, I want him at, at those, those prices all day. Uh, if I'm on a contender and, you know, having a little bit of running back issues, he seems to be one of the more – uh, uh, reliable guys after we get outside of that top tier right now. So if I have a, a pick that I know is going to be a late pick, um, I'm a, already a playoff team. I don't mind moving that for Colma. I'd much rather get him for, a, for an early second if I had that kind of capital or a player in that range, but a late first, I don't mind paying. And then for Brita, same thing. Uh, Geis for Brita and a first. I get a first and I get a productive running back for a player that hasn't really played at all in his career yet. I, I like that. Straight up for Grisecki. And again, a 20-22nd multiple times. So both of these guys going forward, I want to add for my contenders pretty easily I just love their situation and what Shanahan's doing with that running game right now Matt I think we're going to see Tevin Coleman moved in a lot of dynasty leagues over the next couple of weeks or as that trade deadline kind of approaches and this big game I might work in favor of both both sides of those trades because uh there there are owners that are looking to replace 
the Joe Mixons of the world in their starting lineup and, and make a run at a title. And there are owners that are thinking it's the perfect time to sell high on Coleman right now. I think I think it's definitely in that first round range. If, if you're a true contender and you, you want to give up that late first to get Coleman and plug him into your lineup, if you've been skating by with some young running backs or con- inconsistent running backs, maybe a guy that, that just hasn't been getting it done like Mixon, he's a great target. So I, I think you're right. I think he's going to be moved in a lot of leagues moving forward. Yeah, this is kind of that classic you know, win-win trade, I think. Both, both sides of this kind of deal could feel good about it. So, yeah, go out and make some moves for them, for these two. All right, that's going to do it for this episode of the DLF Dynasty podcast. Next week, we're going to take a little bit of a break from the transaction theme. We're going to hit halftime on the season, mid-season reflection period. We'll talk a little bit about some of the predictions we made in the preseason. We'll reflect on a lot of these buys and sells that we've talked about through the, throughout the first half of the season. And we might make some updated predictions on what we see going forward, try to suggest some more buys and sells for stretch runs. For Ryan and Matt, I'm Dan. Thanks for listening to the DLF Dynasty Podcast. We'll catch you again next week.